Record Shop is a digital collectible platform for music NFTs on the Flow blockchain. Hey fam, this is Redbird here from the Record Shop community team, and I am happy to welcome you to our podcast. We are sharing our live content here so you can stay up to date. Subscribe or follow now to keep up. Today's episode is a recording from August 17th, 2022. Record Shop's one year anniversary from our first ever pack drop. Joining us was many lovely people from the Record Shop team, including our CEO and man of the plan, Obi Fernandez, our CMO, Gaz Alpha, AKA Gareth Deacon, our friend Finn the Cat from Amp NFT, and was hosted by Nick Dietrich from the Disco Fries and Record Shop, and yours truly, Redbird, AKA Lisa. I can hear you. Good morning. Yay! It only took 15 minutes of <laughs> issues. <laughs> Not a problem, my friend. Not a problem. First of all, let me say happy birthday to Record Shop. Woo! Isn't this a fabulous day? It is a very it's fabulous amazing. day. I, um, you know, it's nice, in my opinion, just seeing these, uh, you know, I don't like referring to Record Shop as a project, but seeing these projects last <laughs> for some amount of time that makes me happy yeah totally um i always refer to you guys as a platform now as opposed to um a project because i think like the transition is very much showing that it is a platform okay so i'm finn i'm the founder of amp nft we are a web3 media company and we launched off the back of um falling in love with record shop and their products so in about, oh, I think it was like the 1st of September, so our birthday's coming up soon. Um, last year, we launched and decided to make content for the Record Shop community. So our show was centered around um, like showcasing the artists and the platform and the capabilities, as well as the NFTs and just doing a bit of analysis on the market and all that kind of stuff. So that's where we started. And it's, yeah, it's been an awesome um, 50 weeks so far and we've got two more weeks before our birthday like I said but yeah very excited to be part of this and very happy to be uh, working with record shops though yeah we're really really blessed to have you and so many other collectors who have been here from the start or who are newer and are just really excited about the project it's really fun to not project platform um, just really fun to meet all of these people uh, Nick or Finn and I have had conversations uh, outside of anything public and like, we're just like, it's so friggin' cool that, you know, he's in New Zealand, I'm in Canada. We've become good friends just through record shop. And I think that's something really special. Um, okay. I think we've got on pretty much everyone. So I'll just, uh, oh, I don't know that I added Gareth correctly, but welcome. Hey, Obi. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited. I've been trolling in Discord like old times. Uh, you know, having, having a little fun with the community. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're having a good time over there. Uh, we also just airdropped your crazy mix, 100 songs, 100 minutes. How is it putting that mix together? 
Uh, it took a, took a couple weeks. Uh, a few of those days were like pretty long hours. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I love it. I ha- I don't think I've ever tried to do something that of that magnitude before. I was trying to remember. Um, and I just put a lot into it. So I, I hope people really, really love it. Um, there's, there's so many edits and so many mashups and I extracted vocals from tracks and mashed them up with other tracks and things. So, I mean, there's it's a lot of work that goes into it. Hopefully it's, it's, it shows, you know? Yeah. I listened through it last night and it's such a blast. It's nice hearing all of these tunes from like early record shop days. Mm-hmm. And then, cause I used to, have almost every single collectible so i knew all the music and then <laughs> as we're as we're growing and we're getting all this new music on the platform i don't know all of it anymore and it's weird so i get to hear a mix of stuff that i know and i love with all of this stuff that is new and some unreleased i believe yeah there's there were a few unreleased tracks so so what ha- what happens when i started working on the mix it was going to be like the top 100 by listening minutes um, and that kind of formed the foundation of, of the initial playlist uh, for the mix, but I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it covered the breadth of the styles on the platform, and it and it it also excluded some people, uh, you know, some artists who were, you know, regardless of how many li- listen minutes they have, are you know, kind of fundamental, you know, important parts of record shop history. And I felt like this was a good opportunity to kind of uh reflect musically on on what this year was about so i I tried to cover everyone in there you we start off with disco fries we ended with dj rap and i made sure to have uh you know solar stone and d unity and and like uh a, a lot of the a lot of the classic players you know that that have been part of our success in this year uh, in there, and it was a big challenge because it's that it's a very big range of tempos and B, you know BPMs and style and musical styles, and so trying to get it to all make sense. Uh, you know, you, you guys, I'm sure will tell me how I did <laughs> that. Yeah, I will, I I will say sometimes it gets maybe a little out of control. I had like three or four tracks going at the same time sometimes, so that was kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's really good. It's really good. It's just a great reflection of what we have available. So I'm really excited for people to hear it because we mm-hmm. literally just dropped it like 15 minutes ago, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody's had a chance to listen to it yet, except for a few of us over at Record Shop. So I'm excited. Did, did you reveal the criteria? No, not yet. I was okay. about to send it while you were chatting, but then uh, I, I got instructed. Okay. But you're welcome to reveal it here to anybody who's listening. Oh well, we ju- we just looked at who had bought uh, anything <laughs> on Record Shop in the last. So we, you know, we looked at different time windows because we were trying to get to about eight hundred cards dropped, and we ended up at seventy five days. So if you bought anything in the last seventy five days, you should uh, have an airdropped copy of this thing. Otherwise, you can pick it up in the secondary market. It looks like the floor is currently at twenty bucks. And we also currently have a Twitter, um, what's the word? Not challenge, but Twitter 
activation. Um, we've got a couple of tweets up right now. If you share and like those and make sure you're following our profile, uh, you have a chance to get one as well. So make sure you do that. Um, we'll do that within the next 24 hours. Sweet. All right. Um, next, I'm going to see if Gareth or Gaz uh, has his... Uh, if, if he's connected, uh, I know he's traveling right now, so we'll see how his Wi-Fi handles the space, but welcome, Gareth. Hello. I thought you were going to say whether Gaz had got his shit together, which would have been pretty accurate. The, I mean... Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, the, the rural Croatian Wi-Fi dial-up service seems to be just about holding up, so... Uh, it could be worse. Is it yeah. literally dial-up, like like modem tones no. and shit? No. <laughs> no, I wish it was. I keep making those noises to freak the kids out because they don't know uh, like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on when I start doing it and going on back. Uh, no, but it's just crazy slow. It's just, <laughs> it just keeps dropping out for no real reason. So, But anyway, but yeah, no, it's cool. Excited to be here. I remember, like, Record Shop Drop 1, I was similarly... Uh, on vacation on a hill in Dorset in the south coast of the UK, bouncing around in excitement while a whole bunch of people, including family and friends, the same family and friends I'm away with here actually, uh, looked on like I was some kind of idiot or <laughs> freak. Not quite sure quite why I was getting quite so excited. The, um, so yeah, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's come kind of full circle uh, in, in such a funny way. But yeah, the mix is great. I literally just started listening listen through. Um, yeah, it's really good. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. It, um, August, I guess, I guess August was blowing up. Uh, you know, the NFT world was blowing up, but we didn't, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, um, those of us that, I mean, we weren't really like NFT OGs or, or whatever. Um you know, a bunch of us had already been kind of on the peripheries of the crypto world for a while, but, you know, to the rest of the world, it was August, which means everyone's on vacation. <laughs> we didn't know how many people were going to actually buy the first pack, and, and we started out with, with such low expectations, you know? It was kind of funny little trivia history there. Do you want to actually tell us a little bit about the first pack drop? Because I didn't realize kind of what was going through record shop's head because I was still just a collector at the time and I wasn't um, part of the staff team. And I remember Chris kind of telling me this story and I was like, oh my gosh, I had no clue all that was going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah. The, well, we, we had originally pre-sold three different classes of packs and I, I think this was months before we launched like we we when we got the Shopify store up and running, um, we we were definitely copying, you know, what NBA Top Shot was doing. So we had a common, rare and legendary pack pre-sales, and we kind of sold like vouchers for them. Um, and based on the success of that, we were like, "Whoa, okay, a bunch of people bought these things, so uh, that's cool. That's that's like a good sign." Um, and then once we launched, we realized that it was it was kind of hard to put together a pack with uh, with rare and legendary cards. So that ended up getting tabled. And as a result, 
we we ended up like if you bought a rare or legendary uh voucher i think this, this is probably something that hasn't been discussed publicly before but those people that were holding on to those vouchers ended up getting a free pack in ev- from every drop like just as a as a consolation um going on and on uh through through most of the the rest of the year i forget exactly what criteria we use to make them good but um but for that first drop um those of you have been around for a while if you've looked at the structure of the packs you'd notice that that the first genesis pack had a tremendous amount of card definitions in it like different kind of card designs and we weren't able to replicate that afterwards because it, it turned out to be way too much work uh, you know, for pack drop, like, and, and one of the many things I, I wonder about in retrospect, first of all, I don't regret a thing. I mean, there, there's definitely plenty of mistakes made and there were mistakes that led to founder drama and there were mistakes that le- led to structural changes in the company and having to scale back ambitions and promises that weren't kept. And, and I, you know, to a certain degree, I, I, Okay, I won't say I regret nothing. I, I, I do regret some of the, you know, some of those mistakes. But in terms of what ultimately, you know, has happened, it's it's all so new and it was also, you know, it was all such a crazy time. Like at that moment in the beginning, for instance, you know, just going back to our little history, we had no idea how many packs we were going to sell. Like we thought we might sell a few hundred. Um, and we, we started selling them. And of course there was an incredible demand and we ended up, uh, shooting for the moon at, at that point, you know, it felt like shooting for the moon with, with 7,777 packs. And then it sold out <laughs> in a few hours and we we're like, wow, okay, so this is, this going to be really big. And, you know, we were off to the races and that, um, I still think that, you know, we, we, we played our cards the, the best way that we could, right? Like we were, yeah, we were ambitious and we were kind of crazy. Um, and, and there were technical challenges and there were all, there, every, there were challenges of every respect really. But, um, but it was just so much fun, <laughs> you know, even through the ups and downs, just in terms of being such a dramatic experience, you know, we, I know that we, um, we still, have big hopes of um you know being a revolutionary force we trademark the uh, the term the next format for for a reason you know we we believe that limited edition collectible music uh backed by nfts is the next format of music and we think that that's really important for the industry but um you know what we're doing right now is just uh doing what um, companies in our position are commonly advised to do during crypto winter, which is put your heads down and build and, you know, focus on your fundamentals so that when the next phase of the, uh, the cycle returns, you know, you're, you're well positioned to, to rise again. So I'm super ADD today cause I'm excited. Um, uh, so, uh, I'm going to ramble a lot. So Lisa, I will depend on you to moderate. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just, I'll speak from the collector's perspective, that first drop. Um, I had just heard about Record Shop, like, maybe 24 hours before. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is cool. My husband was into Top Shot already. Um, I He had signed me up for an account on Top Shot, and uh, I never even logged into it. I was just like, yeah, whatever. If you can make me money over there, please do it. Then he heard about Record Shop and that it was Top Shot for Music. And I was like, oh, that's freaking cool. And the more we dug into it and that like one day before the drop, whatever information we could gather, we were just like, oh, man. This sounds really cool, really different. Um, like, definitely the big uh, vision of supporting artists in a way that they are not supported right now. That just, like, speaks to my heart. So I knew I had to get involved or at least buy some packs. And I, I think I went in and I was like, oh, okay, I'll get, like, five. <laughs> I got at least 20 that day. <laughs> wow. So they're refreshing the page. <laughs> I think I had four four pages up, so I could I, just like refresh and buy and refresh and buy. A lot of people, <laughs> I think, a lot of people did that, right? Like, right, yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, and you guys, we didn't have any like record shop didn't have any like you didn't stop it at that time because <laughs> you didn't know that people would do that. No, I mean it, we were we were aping. NBA Top Shot, but none of us were experienced NBA Top Shot users, really. So NBA Top Shot was still figuring it out at that yeah, time. That's true. I remember we we ended up investing way way too much thought and effort into coming up with like different systems of how we would limit sales and like because because it was so crazy, you know, like the the servers would almost literally melt down <laughs> whenever we do a drop, right? Like the, and I remember that the fourth, the fourth drop was probably the peak of that. Um, I, uh, memory's failing me, but might've been like 4,444 and, and we sold out in four minutes. And I, I call it the best of times and the worst of times. Cause that, that's when I looked at the stats and I realized it was that we were shutting out any new buyers, right? It was like all the experienced record shop buyers that mm-hmm. at that point were like really, really starting to understand the dynamics of how to make money. They were all piling in super hard in the beginning. A lot of people kind of knew how to open multiple tabs right off the bat, you know, in order to make a lot of purchases. Some people had like hacks of different sorts. And um, it was basically the same group of people that were picking up all the packs and they were shutting everyone else out so all that money we were spending on marketing and trying to reach new new buyers to get them interested the majority of them were getting locked out right like they'd show up over the course of the next few hours and and the the drop would be sold out so um yeah it it was rough because it was difficult it was difficult to know what to do right like, so how, uh, how yeah. has that like changed how you've been thinking about how we do things here? Because obviously there has been a pretty big shift over the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like that problem is something you're trying to solve. Yeah, the, the craziness, the, the craziness of the pack drop model, the how often we were doing pack drops. So what, what a lot of people probably don't realize is, you know, we, we grew very, very fast. I mean, by, by the end of the year, we had 
uh, over a hundred people. I, th- I think we got up to like a hundred and five people. We had a considerable number of people working on acquiring new content partners. The whole partnership team. Uh, in fact, uh, Gareth was was part of that team. And that team was very successful. They signed up over 200 artists and, and record labels and music brands. And then it, they were almost too successful in a way. Like it created a lot of pressure to, to get those content partners onboarded and getting them to drop. And for a while there, there was a backlog where people were very, very anxious to have their pack drops. And, and we ended up with too much content selling into a, sl- a market that was slowing down in the fourth quarter. Um, you, you know, those of you familiar with, with the overall NFT market know that it, it dropped like 90% from the fourth quarter to the first quarter. And so in the, in the face of that demand, I mean, drop, it, it was just too much. And people were telling us, like, it's not like we didn't know it. Um, but we had contractual obligations and we had artists that were wanting to get in while there was still a market left, right? Because the writing was kind of on the wall. So um, in terms of what we've been doing this year, I I mean, it was traumatic. (laughs) The first quarter was really traumatic. Like I said, the team was really big. We had to do layoffs. Um, We didn't necessarily announce any of that very publicly, but it wasn't a secret either. I mean, it was discussed on on Discord in different places. the team's now 15 people, you know, uh, we, we scaled back really, really hard to, to be able to just get back to the size that we should be for the kind of revenues that we have. I mean, ultimately it is a business and it has to have some sort of viable business model, uh, during the craziness of the, uh, the NFT boom, um, some of those fundamentals were were not heavily weighed. You know, it was more of a of a market grab, like grab as much mind share and market share as as we can. Um, what I like is that we still built a lot of really really cool technology. I mean, we have awesome an awesome awesome platform with a lot of functionality that no one else has. Uh, we've rewritten our payment system four times. You know, we we started on Shopify. And now we have all our own custom-written stuff. Uh, we were able to integrate with Dapper. We have all a lot of the, uh, you know, kind of more advanced functionality like like recipes and um, burning, and you know, the, the, the kind of things you don't find anywhere else. Um, I think if we had gone a lot slower, we just would have had less of an impact. And still ended up in a similar place, maybe with more money in the bank, which would be nice. But, uh, you know, we, w- we would have had less impact. We would have helped less artists, put less money in, in, uh, in artists' pockets and still been in a market that's kind of dead and, and focused on building. So that's kind of why I look back and go, well, you know, certainly a lot of mistakes were made. Things could have been better, but um, they certainly could have been worse as well. And it's funny you mentioned burning and maybe Finn can jump in and what he's seeing in some other um, platforms as well or uh, other projects, but like. Hi Finn, by the way, I want to give you a shout out. (laughs) Hey Obi, good to hear your voice again, man. I remember when I saw uh, Amp NFT episode one, I was over the moon. I I was 
like falling out of my chair with excitement and happiness because I was like, yes, this is how it starts. You know, cause, cause like I had been looking at all the community support uh, that other successful projects get. And I go, you know, big key to success is to have people doing podcasts and shows and opening videos and things like that. And, uh, and I remember when, when Finn reached out and asked if he could do that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, give you whatever support you need. So, Really, really big fan of everything you've done, Finn. Thank you so much, Obi, and it means a lot for you to say that. And I still remember those times like it was yesterday, and reaching out to you and being nervous about doing all of this. And um, you know, it was exciting times. I was like starting starting my DJ kind of journey and uh, my transformation away from Top Shot, um, and falling in love with Record Shop, and just the community and the products and the music. It was just all came together. It was amazing. And yeah, well, thank you for your, um, for your help along the journey, you know, at the start and, and everything you've done for us over, over the last year. It's been an amazing partnership to work with you guys um, in an informal way. Uh, and obviously it doesn't end here and it keeps going. And we've got a new chapter, which we're about to launch in a couple of weeks that we were very excited about and we want to share with you guys. Can you so, give us a, a little preview of what, what that's about? Yeah. Um, so over the last couple of months, we've been onboarding content creators. Um, so we are basically going to be launching phase two, kind of like you guys have, um, where we transitioned away from hobbyist into kind of more of a business style for media. So, um, yeah, it's kind of excited to launch that in a couple of weeks on our birthday and uh, share that with you guys and have you guys involved as part of that. Awesome. But yeah, it's um, it's it's really cool hearing all of these stories going back to the first role and stuff like that, which I actually missed. But um, shame on me for that. But um, honestly, it was just an amazing experience when I did manage to um, get in on a drop. And and um, one of the things that I distinctly remember, Obi, was sitting in the Twitter spaces with you and Phil D and a few others. I think Hutch was there as well. And um, some Russians tried to hack the code or something like that, or hack the smart contract and try and buy all the packs or something like that. And <laughs> that was hilarious, man. <laughs> And that was all happening. That was unfolding live on air as well. Yeah. <laughs> it would make it even better. Yeah, if it's the if it's the Twitter space that you're, that I think you're referring to, I, it was like the middle of the night in Paris. I was, and and yeah, we had gotten uh, like someone someone had picked up like ten percent of the drop, <laughs> just basically hacking. I would and I've. I went all like over the top Al Pacino, like I'm going to kill you sort of <laughs> in public. And it was, it was crazy. And then afterwards I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, yeah, you, doors, you, you, know? <laughs> you seemed massively offended by the fact that someone hacked your code. It was like oh. someone broke into your house, man. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> and you, want to, you wanted to get the baseball bat. Yeah. I, found, uh, I was, I was very offended. I was also very sleep deprived. <laughs> those are those are crazy, crazy times. So, uh, 
Lisa, did you did you have like kind of an agenda for for this, or just hanging out? Uh, mostly hanging out, but uh, I do want to just talk about what uh, sort of the upcoming plans are. I know we're mm-hmm. working on a roadmap post that I think the plan is to release this week. Well, the the OGAFs already got a copy of of the draft, and we've been we've been waiting to release it because. Um, you know, in our earlier history, we just YOLO everything out, like with with very little review or planning uh, or marketing support and or PR support. And we we do have a PR agency, and we've been working on basically putting the roadmap out with uh, and trying to get some press support for it. So that's why it's been delayed by a couple of weeks. But uh, OGAF got the inside scoop; they got the alpha. I think that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, Should we talk about it a little now for those who may not have seen it? Maybe, um, yeah, just dive into some of those, what's yeah, been but, working on. So for those of you that took time out of your day to uh, to join the spaces or are listening to it a little bit later, uh, let, me, let me just bring it up real quick, and I'll run through some of the bullet points. So uh, first of all, we are trying to expand genres uh we we are not wanting to stay limited to electronic music uh i think god god cloud is uh is probably going to be our first like legit uh hip-hop artist to drop uh content that's clearly not electronic music or electronic dance music um i know we have some kind of like a bit of indie rock on the platform already, but we definitely want to blow the doors out and open that up. And and opening up is a theme for the next year. Uh, essentially, we've been a closed platform for, for too long now. And what we want to do is um, allow self-service. That's kind of the catchphrase internally for how we refer to this. But essentially, we want to let musicians and record labels and clubs and whatever uh, come and sign up and start making collectibles. But we want to do it in a way that is unique. So not the way you would just go to SoundCloud and start putting stuff out um, or DistroKid and just get your stuff out on Spotify, which then no one will ever listen to. Um, I just kind of have this this hill that I might die on, but it's my hill and I care about it, which is that you know I, I want Record Shop to always have uh, great music uh, by by good talent. So... If you if you come uh, and you start your journey on Record Shop as a creator, I want you to have to engage with the community and get them to mint your initial collectibles. Um, but the end result will be that you know, regardless of how that onboarding process works out, we will be opening up so that basically any and all genres are welcome. As long as it's good music, you're welcome on Record Shop. Um, and, and good by good music, I mean, you know, basically, if there's an audience, even if it's niche and they think it's good music, then it's good music, you know? Like, we're not we're not making value judgments the way that uh, some other NFT platforms do about what constitutes good genres, et cetera. Um, um, Obi, maybe I yeah. can just pause here for a sec, because I want to get um, Gareth's thoughts and opinions on this, too, because we've been talking a lot about and right before uh, you guys joined, and it was just <laughs> Finn and I on, um, we were just talking about how we don't really think of Record Shop as a NFT project, quote unquote, where you know a lot of these projects pop up and make a lot of money and then don't deliver a ton of value. I don't, 
I think it's been a long time since I've considered Record Shop a project. And um, Gareth, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how we're really turning into a platform that serves artists um, and just sort of what we're trying to build there. Sure. I mean, yeah. Hey. Um, yeah. I mean, that kind of touches on what got me excited in the first place. So, I mean, Ovi touched on it. I was working on the uh, sort of onboarding for finding new partners and bringing creators, labels, you know, DJs onto the platform. For wow, uh, since I met Ovi, not long after I met Ovi, like March last year. So we we were working for a long time bringing in partners and starting to pipeline and talking to artists. And I think the thing that was super exciting back then that carries through into kind of the I think it's Elder's vision and how we get things has been A to create friction free and then I'll touch on kind of where we're putting a little bit of health friction in the mix, but the um, friction free kind of onboarding from a point of view of kind of taking this and sort of thing might make accessible or relatable to music and art, musicians and artists. Uh, and I think where that touches on on something that's important is to Ovi's point there about like uh, a kind of egalitarian approach to kind of like how a system can create something that, that's fair and is based on principles of value. So in this case, you know, kind of good music, you know, good music being important, good music being valuable uh, and it not just being you know, the top 1% of artists that, that can be successful or in the case of kind of particularly the space we're all in, you know, those artists that are, you know, kind of, you know, deeper in the weeds or, or, or more attuned to things crypto and technology. There's, there's plenty of great artists on on the record shop platform and, and Lisa, you know, I mean, we, we talk to them all the time that have been, you know, kind of releasing incredible music for, you know, like 20, 25 years. Um, and this space they find tricky and challenging. I think DJ Rap said it on whatever one of the spaces we did a couple of weeks ago, you know, the approach record shop's taken to kind of be able to bring people on board and support them through is different than uh, she she actually called it out. It was different than any other music platform she's ever worked with, and and I think those kind of principles are the things that have carried through. It's kind of what got me interested from day one when I first met UOV, right the way through from when the project is launched. And I, and while other things have changed, and we've found different like kind of rough edges or things we thought would work kind of don't work quite the way we have. I think that thread has has kind of remained. And I think what's interesting about like kind of what we're doing with storefronts is we flipped that script, right? Like when we had a model that was based not on just scarcity of content, but like scarcity in terms of how much we could drop. The big issue with the drops was like that scarcity being able to flip that slightly and start actually looking at how we can put the um, the tools to be able to reach market with all of the things that Record Shop's built, all of the scale and technology that Obi was talking about and the model underneath it in their hands for them to be able to reach their fans. That solves this problem of, you know, where we, we had the happy situation where we've got 200 partners that are all amazing that all want to squeeze their way into packs that like literally there can only ever be you know, so many eyes within them. So I think you know the, the, the next stage is really, really exciting because we've kind of inverted that, that, that challenge. So I think what people probably don't see right now 
is a lot of the hard work that's been going on over the last few months is, is kind of getting that that kind of ready and standing up those store, storefronts, supporting those first waves of artists um, to be able to really start to kind of experiment and do stuff. Um, we've got, you know, at least two NFT-only labels on the platform at this point. Um, and that's only the beginning. There's lo- there's lots and lots more stuff to come. So it's, you know, it's exciting. I think it's just, you know, whoops. It's, 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 challenge, it's interesting and Actually, doing it in a, in a bear market. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to point something out just to give, I, I thought of an example <clears throat> I think is relevant that, you know, even though the market is down, which means that a lot of the speculators are, have either left or are, are you know, negative. We're, we're still rolling things out. Like we have actually later this week, the first um, in-person event that has collectible record shop based tickets based on the new redeemable functionality that we have. So um, this is something that that's been in the works for months and um, partner company of ours called 909 is doing a, a big show here in Mexico city. And the, the, Tickets for the sh- the collectible tickets for the show are available, and in order to get in, you'll have to flash that redeemable screen on the record shop app, you know, or or a screenshot of it, and then it gets canceled, which is the technical term for like you know taking the ticket sub um, at the door. And so this this is the functionality that we haven't made a, a big deal about because you know it's basically an early testing. Uh, but as far as I know, we're the only platform that does anything like this, right? Like where it's a collectible ticket that has an actual stub that's actually usable at an event. And the nice thing is that it's a flexible framework, just kind of keeping in the philosophy of, of a lot of our other features. It's not just a ticketing system. It's a redeemable framework. And what I mean by that is that um, our partners will be able to use this not only to give access at the door, but they can also use it for drink to give away drink tickets. They can also use it to, you know, to give away merch, things like that. And there's basically a, a partner side component where they scan the QR code and they can mark it as used. So it, just because we're being quiet, um, you know, and we're, and I'm not in discord every day, which thank God, because I'm a lot more productive when I'm not, um, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not doing anything. Yeah. Things are a little slow, uh, cause it's the summer, yeah, a lot of us were kind of exhausted and burnt out, me especially, in the spring. Um, I've been in the process of settling down in Mexico City again and actually having a home instead of traveling around like I was doing, uh, like a crazy digital nomad for years. So, I mean, a lot of things have been changing, but we're still moving forward uh, with the platform and making incremental improvements. Um, so, yeah, you get Finn, you get. Oh, thanks, Guess. I was just going to ask one question about this um, ticket stub. Is that going to be a dynamic NFT? In the sense that, like, say, you present it at the door, and then you've to get entrance, and, they, and then they, like, digitally rip it, and so then, therefore, the metadata changes to, instead of looking like a full ticket, to, like, a used ticket? Yeah. Is that the kind of thing the, that you guys might do? Yeah, it doesn't follow... It doesn't look like a ticket stub, if that's what you're getting at. 
uh, what it is is a special kind of face called a redeemable face. And it has a QR code like right smack in the middle of it. And gotcha. when, when, you, when you use that QR code, then that face gets canceled, right? So you, you can't use it again. It, the metadata is changed so that it's redeemed. Okay, okay. But like uh, visually, it's not changing. Visually, it does change actually um, oh, cool. in order to indicate that it was used. And there is a record of when it was, which means it could be used as a PO app. I mean, what what we're rolling out is just V1. Uh, you know, we'll we'll continue iterating on it. But, but it felt we had the opportunity to do a big event with it. And, you know, it felt like a good opportunity to just go ahead and accelerate the, the MVP of it and roll it out. Essentially what happens. Um, I'll, if you watch my Twitter, uh, I'm probably going to post about that event in a little while. It's a, it's a show this Saturday in Mexico City. Awesome, man. I'll keep an eye out for it. Cool. Thanks, Shane. It's going to be good. I mean, I think that's one of the other things that's interesting about this phase of retrospective tackling with some of the, I think, problems that other projects, like NFT-related projects, and other, or questions that have come up around NFT and music, particularly, you know, utility, you know, how much is, you know, fair to expect from an artist, how much up front. And I think what's interesting, particularly about the redeemable side of things and the framework, is that utility needs to work both ways. It can't be decided. So it can't be just, you know, me as a consumer, like I expect all this stuff and I suspect expect it forever. Like for that to work, like there needs to be uh, a reason for the crew to do that. It's just money up front. Uh, like more often than not, that money, what well, you're asking kind of a portion or amortize that that up front like i've made x amount of money like over what time do i then stop and artists don't do that they want to create art and music and, and do stuff i think things like redeemables gets really cool because there's all sorts of ways to then use the collectibles and the connection between artists and and, and fan in like kind of ways that adds value and that becomes like i think where where all of this stuff starts to really kind of pop so really to, to, to more artists we're talking a couple of people about physical redemption stuff they want to do with it already um, so there's 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 more in the wings but I think that that stuff really starts to take record shop in a, in a kind of really different direction it really starts to build the value for creators like like they don't you don't necessarily sit here but like a big part of like kind of what we've built in the back end for record shop adds a lot of um, value to the creators that are on the platform. Effectively, record shop from the creator's point of view is a you know is a no code uh, minting platform to be able to create NFT digital collectibles. Like you know, it, it looks and feels like a you know um, a kind of DSP or digital platform that they would be used to uploading for other kind of music services and stuff. And, and you know, to building more value <coughs> is a big big part of the next stage of record shop. Yeah, and actually, what some of our most interesting discussions we've had on a, on a strategic, uh, you know, kind of business development front, uh, you know, just thinking of some of the calls you and I have had, guys, um, have been with um, other kinds of service providers that work in connection with the DSPs and things for, uh, you know, to continue building bridges to established artists. Uh, to be able to to easily get their their content onto NFT platforms like like Record Shop, just further, you know, continuing to slowly 
chip away at the resistance that the, that the mainstream has to this new format and, and continuing to, to build legitimacy. But um, it's obviously at this point, you know, I, I, I think it would be hard to argue against it being a multi-year project. You know, it, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. There's a lot of resistance and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, education that has happened. Um, it's fresh. <laughs> yeah, um, there's there's so much like learning and building that yeah. we're doing, and like I'd love to throw it over to Nick just from your perspective as an artist who's been with Record Shop sort of since day one and seen change. Um, obviously, you, you see a little more of the back end than most of our artists, but what really excites me is artists who are really innovative, like Disco Fries because that gives us reasons to build shit, right? Like that's why Obi's building this redeemable feature is because we have a use case for it. Um, but I'd love to hear your perspective just on, you know, how, how your journey has looked since day one of record shop to one year later. Yeah, this is, this conversation is awesome. And it's been nice to just be a listener on it. Uh, and Sorry. I, like, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, no, no, no. It's been great. Like I, I've just kind of been thinking through like, all the moments we've kind of had with record shop over the past year um, that have been incredible and, and a totally different uh, dynamic than what we've been used to in the music industry and, and in dance music and just totally new experiences. Um, so it's just to kind of like wheel back uh, the way I got introduced to record shop, you know, I met with Paula and Obi um either really early on after launch or like right before it might've been right before launch. I think it was. Um, and I was interested in investing cause I loved the, the concept and I loved what Obi's ethos was about, you know, making music valuable again and um, just knowing, you know, what it took to get paid and, and build a career in music over the past decade. Um, you know, frankly, just, super difficult and and trying to help leverage other new artists on the come up it, it every day it becomes more difficult to do that um so i wanted to invest just because i was a fan of the concept um and then it led to you know me getting involved with the company and and also um disco fries exploring web3 danny and i had always been kind of like trading crypto and stuff and um invested in some other businesses in the space, but this was the first one that um, really spiked our interest to not only invest in, but get involved with as artists. And um, we discovered this entirely new community who had no idea who we were and we had no idea who they were. Um, and in that way, it was really exciting as an artist to kind of start from ground zero. And it almost felt like, we were young, like super young, fresh, new artists all over again and had to come up with new ways to interact with this audience, new ways to uh, create concepts and content for them that we otherwise hadn't before. Um, so um, that was all like really creatively rewarding, um, aside from the excitement of being involved in Web3 and aside from it being Record Shop and all of that put aside, like just boiling it down to being creators uh it kind of reinvigorated us all together and and gave us an uh 
I don't know, just a fresh life and look on on the not only the like music making process, but also like the marketing process and what can we do to engage these fans that we haven't done before. Um, so that's kind of how we got into like the participate to create event and we're able to make a record with the fans. And obviously, like we have another one coming uh, for the holders of our, our friends of fries pack. But like all those ideas were sparked out of the the need we felt and kind of like the inspiration we felt uh, from this community. So um, everything we've gotten out of it, you know, we've tried to give back as much as we can, can tenfold um, to those people. And like, we've developed some really great relationships with people like everybody in here and Finn and um, the OGAFs uh, like last, last Raven and uh, everybody, uh, you know, Midwest and so on and so forth have been really super helpful um from a not only like a creative perspective but like just coming up with ways to engage the nft community that like we didn't know we went into it blind and there really isn't a template because this is such a new space um so they were help they helped us like you know come up with ideas but also like structure the pack the right way and um come up with really cool angles on challenges we had kind of like you know, basic ideas for, but they helped us like flesh them out and, and make them into something that made sense for everybody. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but that's, you know, that's my thought dump on, on everything to date. It's, uh, it's been great. And it's, it's totally changed the way we engage with even our existing fans that, that were before record shop now. Um, and we're, you know, now we're trying to figure out how do we overlap the web two web three communities. And that's kind of been our, our goal is to like integrate these two different fan bases who otherwise came from two different motivations, but clearly align on one thing. And that's music uh, and specifically our music. So yeah, it's been, it's been a fun challenge and, and really again, like super creatively rewarding for us. Lisa, can I just jump in there and just, um, give a massive shout out to the disco fries just from a collector's point of view and from like a community leader's point of view these guys have just been a revelation for not only record shop but some of the actual users themselves you know uh, everything from the music to the rewards to the friendships and the fandom like this is everything that personally i signed up for for nfts when i figured out that that was what was going to be kind of the future of NFTs in general with fandom and stuff like that. Um, buying into buying into the, you know, the the kind of vision that Obi and, and you guys had. But like these guys took it next level, man, and I just cannot, you know, say enough how grateful I am for having met Nick and everything that's, you know, has unfolded over the last year. It's just been incredible to not only discover um, new music like this which hasn't been my like main love for, um, passion in music uh, like uh, I've had an affiliation with EDM but I, I'm a jazz funk like you know heavy metal kind of a guy um, and rap of course but um, it's been it's been really cool and yeah kudos to you guys for like working really hard to work with us and, and rewarding us at every turn it's incredible so thanks Nick Thanks, man. That's super, super nice to hear. And I mean, um, it's 
it's as rewarding for us as it is for you because obviously for any artist like if you don't get response from the audience and you don't you don't know what you're doing is working or you're not getting feedback and it, you're just not hearing like any sort of reaction whether that's live or online like you're kind of in a bubble and it's it's not as rewarding <laughs> to just put out music and not hear anything if i want to do that i'll just release a song on spotify and not hear from any of the fans so um like hearing that feedback is uh has been has been one of the most rewarding parts of this um and it's cool that like we could be frank with you guys we're you know like if we're like yo you guys got a realist unrealistic expectations of certain things like we're trying to keep these collectibles five to ten bucks and you want us to you know fly you across the country like i can just say that to you and you're not offended by it um like you get it and i i think it helps um like when i talk to other artists about record shop and web 3 i try to like encourage them to be as transparent as possible with those things because i think sometimes um fans do have unrealistic expectations and it's not it's it's just in their own head but if they're explained to like, hey, the artist has these costs and it takes this amount of time to execute X, Y, Z. And they're only charging five to ten bucks and they're only going to net, you know, a few grand on this. Like they, you know, and that's kind of to make up the gap for what they're not being paid on streaming. I think a collector can wrap their head around that once it's explained to them. Um, so I try to, you know, encourage a lot of other artists to be transparent about that stuff. But there is, like I said before, there is no template for this shit at all and this space. Um, and what, what Obi has been able to do um, up against many challenges and, and, you know, obviously like things that he may, he said he may have wanted to do different. Like there's, he's, he's cutting his own course. Like we're, we're trying to figure this out as we go. So um, you know, for the people that have stuck it out, it's really appreciated because we're even on the artist side, not just the platform, but on the artist side, like we don't we don't know what to do. We're just trying anything. Um, and luckily for Disco Fries, it's worked. But other people who have come in and tried to do the same thing, it doesn't work for them. Um, so we're all just kind of figuring it out. But I think over the next two, three, five years, it's going to be um, we're going to be in a really good place. I think while we're having like this love puddle moment, I do really want to like huge shout out to all of our collectors who are sticking around, especially our OGAF fam. Um, I, you know, it's been tough times, but I see what you guys are doing every single day when, especially in discord, um, you know, we have people coming in even today saying, Hey, I'm not making any money. <laughs> and you guys are responding to them and saying, well, maybe just collect the music you like and support the artists that you like and don't expect a quick flip. Like if you end up making money down the line, that's great. Um, and is it, that's a huge mind shift for the crypto and NFT space. And I don't know, I just really, really appreciate you all being advocates and, and really just supporting what we're doing, what we're trying to do um, and holding us accountable <laughs> for the things that we said that, uh, you know, we sometimes miss the mark and, you know, holding us accountable for that and making us, uh, helping us get it right now while it's still a small enough group that we can kind of make some mistakes and um, try to make up for it. Because we've got, you know, if we, we, we want to become this huge platform, but uh, along the way, we're going to make those mistakes and we appreciate all of you sticking around, continuing to support 
that's just lots and lots and lots of love. I really, I, really appreciate you all. Yeah, on that note, with uh, to address what Lisa said about promises, I know that I, I kind of spearheaded this endeavor to get a bunch of these OGAFs t-shirts, which are still coming, but just so you guys know what was going on, once we did that and we got shipping pricing, some of the shipment prices were like over $100 per shirt because of international issues. So we've been working through with uh, not our partner company, 909, to like uh, handle some of this stuff. Um, and they are coming. It's it's a work in progress. We're just trying to work on the shipments. And obviously in a crypto winter, um, $100 per shirt over hundreds of shirts is not feasible. So we're working on it. Uh, it's, it's not- Sorry guys, process. that's my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's entirely your fault. When we did our first uh, live event and uh, Finn got a hat, um, I, they weren't allowing shipments into New Zealand because of COVID. Um, and then when they finally were, it was going to be $100, ironically, $100 to ship him the hat, which was a $40 hat. Um, so I told him he's got to wait. And ultimately, like the prices came down and he got his hat. So, um, it does happen. <laughs> Are you wearing Funny the hat story. now? <laughs> we got to know. If I, I, I am wearing the hat now. Thank you very Yay. much for asking. I always I always rock record shop stuff wherever I can. And, like, I've got a few pieces of um, utility rewards on the way. I've got some stuff from Federation F, which I'm really excited about. So I've, I completed all the challenges. Um, that was pretty cool. And I've got those Boogie Hill faders, um, headphones which are on the way nick now those were sent in may i believe or maybe even april and i've been tracking them and i've tracked it it's finally like it was held up in canada for like three months for Sorry. i don't know why but um yeah no, it's, it's I on the way i apologize though. on behalf of canada <laughs> <laughs> no um look i i have no idea what's going on but i do know like from from my IRL work that, you know, any, any shipping, anything out of America has been really difficult for us on this side of the world. Um, and I don't think it's just us, but, um, yeah, looking forward to getting all of that stuff and eventually having some sort of like normal post would be kind of good so that I don't have to wait six months for every piece of, um, you know, merch or whatever. So we shall see. All right. Um, I do want to make sure that we're conscious, especially of Obi's time. Um, we were talking about the roadmap. Do we want to bounce back to that and just kind of continue along that path? We just got very distracted. <laughs> uh, we, we did cover redeemables. Um, I just want to mention real briefly. So we, we got some of the final paperwork, like legal paperwork. Essentially, when you go to list a token, the the exchanges due to some of the just stuff that went down over the last few months got very very uh, skittish I would say about listing new tokens and that really threw us for a loop. So we have paperwork in hand that says that our token is not a security and that is a prerequisite for listing on exchanges. Uh, Crispin, who some of you know, uh, has been on vacation for the last few weeks. He should be back sometime next week, but he's kind of the point man on this. And um, once everything is in place to get listed, then Sound Token will be live, and we are planning to do airdrops. 
uh, if you've been around for a while or, or if you dig through the archives, you'll see some hints that I talked about basically who will get airdrops and things like that. Um, the, the utility uh, for sound token still remains what it was originally envisioned in the white paper, which was to be the minting cost for minting on Record Shop. Uh, a lot of the work that's been going on over the last six months on Record Shop Creator Suite does include a component for having a minting cost and a balance uh, that the creators draw down as they mint cards. Um, there's staking and stakeholder rewards, which is covered in the roadmap. Um, a lot of that work is done. What's missing is the rankings. Uh, so like, like basically the distribution of tokens on a nightly basis, that's done. The ability to stake cards for varying number uh, periods of time, that's done. It's, also, it's all basically feature flagged off at the moment. Um, but what I'm hoping is that before the end of the year, you're able to stake cards uh, in favor of your favorite artists and we will reward them with sound token. Um, just moving through this pretty quickly. The, the only thing I covered, other thing I covered in the, the roadmap is basically we've, we've been doing a lot of stuff that's not visible that if you're familiar with software, it's called refactoring. It's basically making the system better, more resilient, more maintainable, um, more, um, more everything <laughs> essentially other than new features. Um, for instance, we were able to cut our database expenses by an order of magnitude just because we had the breathing room to actually sit down and go, okay, what's the proper way uh, to host the database for this thing? We had been hosting on Heroku. We moved it to AWS. A lot, a lot of different things like that have been going on in a technical sense that don't make an impact on the user experience other than to potentially make things a little faster or more stable. Um, so that's a lot of what's been going on for the last six months is basically, you know, since we let the foot off the gas in terms of de delivering new features and doing drops, we, we've been able to focus on, on making the platform itself more, uh, more stable and resilient. So, uh, and that's pretty much what that blog post covers. Um, and Gareth, I need you to, to give me the sign off to actually publish that, <laughs> publish on that sometime soon. I think the plan is He's waiting. Yeah. So, I think, I think tomorrow. The plan okay. Is we'll probably tomorrow Friday. So that's the plan. So. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at who's here. I, I wanted to I wanted to add a note about the you're still here. We we had a maybe since my team is here, we can talk a little bit about the thoughts about how we decided to distribute it <laughs> that that collectible because I was in the OGs uh, channel and, and Discord, and there was a little bit of griping about like, hey, uh, you know, some of us that have been here since the beginning did not are still here, and we didn't get this collectible. So I said, don't worry, we kept some around for for you guys, but you guys and gals. Yeah, I mean, the criteria was having purchased at least one, like anything, in the last 75 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to be like, um, I don't know what the right word is, ungrateful. Like, yeah, people are still here, but this is still... It's still, it's still a business, still, still a marketplace. A we still need yeah. you to buy stuff. This is where it's tough, like, and these conversations go on behind the scenes, and obviously we don't have them up in the open. Um, 
but I don't know. Is that stuff that we should be talking more openly about? And uh, how do we do that with a surprise airdrop? Yeah. Um, I don't, the, the problem was that if we made, uh, you know, if we made the criteria too open, then it was going to end up, it was going to impact the scarcity. Like I really, really wanted to, it to be a rare, yeah, which meant we had to cap it at a thousand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that's just a hard balance now, right? Like it, you know, everyone, it's just, it's just, there's no way to make everyone happy in that scenario. Like, it's just, so I, I think that, I think the criteria is pretty fair. Like, um, mm-hmm. there's still options for people to get in like we'll have some things I literally just got a whatsapp message 10 minutes ago from a friend of mine who got it and started listening to it and it blew his mind so, so, <laughs> so uh, and I had no idea whether he'd get it right like I had no idea right like I didn't know he yeah. bought anything in the last whatever days so uh, clearly he did so um, yeah and I think that's that, you know you want that kind of excitement out of an airdrop right I, I think that that's a challenge right like, it's a genuine challenge I think the conversation you know, in some ways, like we've had it on some of these spaces uh, over the coming weeks. The the idea of kind of like utility and expectations of stuff around NFTs and NFT projects. Um, you know, you want this stuff to be special, right? You you want it to be exciting. You want airdrops to be something. Uh, this is not something that's just a given. Right? Like if if everyone just assumes they're automatically like like where where is that? Like where where is that sense? If it's just something that like you know. 85, yeah, one one of the one of the proposals was to airdrop to all eighty something thousand registered users, and I, um, I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. Like the, you know, it's still limited edition. You know, scarcity is it, to me is still the point of what we're doing here. Like, it's kind of the fundamental. It's the it's the radical foundation of trying to create value uh for digital items so i don't know yeah i don't know the right answer either mm-hmm. um it's uh there's no, no right never. answer it's like, yeah, it's like eric said you can't always make everyone happy i mean i think i think part of one of my takeaways and and those of you that have been here for the whole journey and maybe this is a uh you know we can start wrapping up the call but i mean essentially I feel like one of the things I would do differently if I was trying to do it again was, would be to not try to make everyone happy. Right. Like we were, I think we were trying to do too much and we were, and and me personally, I'll raise my hand and say, I spent months and months uh, during the first, you know, during the first six months, um, really, really doing my best to try to keep everyone happy. I mean, to the, and to the extent where the team would tell me like, let it go, dude, like not, and and it was i'm not humble bragging either like it, it was not a good business decision right like there, there were mistakes that were made around trying to keep every single type of user on the platform happy no matter what and i i think part of what's what's changed and part of what the evolution of the platform is is that we're not doing that anymore <laughs> like you you'll you know, you came in and you want to make money. So what? Like, I don't care. You know, you, you came in, you're unhappy because the market down. Guess what? The whole freaking NFT market is down. Everything is down. 80 to 90%. Like, there's no way we're going to make you happy. Like, So 
someone came in and was like, you're not doing enough to raise the value. I'm like, oh, shit, I have a magic wand that I haven't been using. Why not just wave that? <laughs> Problem fixed. Like, you know, I can't help but be sarcastic now. But in the past, that really worried us. Like, well, me, speaking for myself, like, I wanted, I really, really, truly wanted everyone to, to try to get something out of good out of Record Shop and be happy. And if anyone was in there pissed off, I was pissed off too. So, uh, but but that's not a great way to run a business when it comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, like Gareth and I were just chatting. I think it was earlier today about the OGAF and the OGs and what that should look like going forward. Because to Obi's point earlier, you know, there's only 15 of us on the team. Um, how are we prioritizing our efforts? How are we best? Like what Gareth and I will and Obi will be talking about. I think we want to get some time in next week. But is how do we how do we leverage our OGAFs and these people who are so passionate and want to help? Um, and like one of the t- tough parts of that is if you're not in the day to day business decisions, you can't really make um, valuable. You can't really give valuable feedback. So like, how do we balance that? How do we balance sharing enough information where someone like Finn or Phileas or um, Iraq and the people I'm seeing here, how do we give you enough information that you can actually give us suggestions that actually help us? Um, whereas right now you're just obviously seeing it from a very, very, very high level, just from the collector point of view. Yeah. I mean, no um, one wants to throw feedback into like an echo chamber. Right? And I, and I think, but I think Lisa, you touched on it earlier, right? Like, you know, uh, talking about people keeping us honest, right? Like advocacy is a two way thing, right? Like it, you know, advocacy isn't just going out and, you know, kind of like, you know, from a repertoire point of view, you know, kind of helping push the, the message and the mission because you believe in it. Advocacy is, you know, is equally holding us account and being part of some of that decision making. That doesn't mean you need to go and form like a DAO to make any of that stuff happen, right? That's not a new idea. But like, you know, how, how do you do that with a committed community is really interesting. And, and in some ways, like, again, forgetting things like DAOs, like a lot of that is the promise of when three right like you know how do you build companies where you're closer to the customers and they have some kind of voice and how do you balance that between actually being able to run a business right like like and then similarly the same thing exists for artists right you know like you know nick like how does you know nice like disco fries um able to do that and and you know not burn out with like an insane so i think you know like that that kind of advocacy stuff like yeah super important like again in like kind of the, the next phase of record shop, how do we kind of take that forward? Is you know, it's going to be exciting for you too, so and beyond. Sweet. All right. I, I love I love the crickets that are in the back. Yeah, the, crick- the crickets. <laughs> Whenever you turn it on, it's like I love the silence. The silence is just brilliant. It's just like it's just crickets. It's just. <laughs> That was perfect, by the way, like the timing and everything. It just like, <laughs> it was great. I love the crickets. Well, you're good. welcome. Glad I could add some uh, humor. <laughs> <laughs> I am sitting outside. We've been literally every time we join a team meeting now, I've been like in Canada, we don't get a lot of hot weather, right? Like we get two months. That's it. So I've been outside every single meeting. I'm in like a really low cut top because I'm working on my tan. <laughs> so I join meetings. People are like, are you naked right now? Um, but I'm not. I swear I have a shirt on. <laughs> uh, but um 
really want to just see if we want to wrap things up now. Um, we've been here for a little over an hour, but I do want to just open it up. Um, I've had a, seen a few people come up and request to speak, but I uh, wasn't sure if it was record shop related topic. And I wanted to make sure we got through all of that conversation first. Um, but just want to take a moment and shout out some of the people I'm seeing um, down here listening in. What can I see? Uh, I'm going to work down from the bottom. Memgris. Uh, Reliquary is here. Reliquary, of course. Welcome. Uh, El Jefe, Marco. Really good to see you guys. Uh, Mad Mori, recent recent addition to the Record Shop fam, but super active in Discord. Nice to see you. Uh, Greyhound, Urban, Shafali. Shout out uh, to Shafali. Buy her rare track. Coming up on Friday. Uh, I see Andrew, or uh, and then Phileas, Real Phil D, Iraq. Hey guys, um, really nice to see you guys. I really Wait appreciate real, you tuning in. Real Phil D is here, and he didn't come up to speak. <laughs> WTF? <laughs> shout out to like, Jumpshoot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Owen Yolo. Um, I feel like he's probably enjoying just like Nick, just kicking back and listening <laughs> for once. Uh, love it. Um. Oh, and Bruticus. I'm just trying to like catch all the names. If you have a different name on different uh, socials, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I, I can't keep track. But super nice to see everyone. Um, looks like we're not getting any of the requests. Th- thanks to everyone that, that showed up and, and for all your support. It, it, it really does make a difference. Yeah. Like we're at one year. We wouldn't be here without our collectors, without you all supporting buying um buying these collectibles supporting these artists um pushing us to try new things so i think just from all of us at record shop um super super appreciated lots of love and um, it's just been nice to reconnect with everyone over the past uh few weeks you know me getting a little more involved in the community side and i'm just having a blast i hope everyone else is too yeah, big shout out to Lisa too, because Lisa is the uh, she's just dialed into everything and and really keeps the wheels turning for for record shop quite a bit. And um, you know, I know she she takes a lot of friendly fire sometimes in Discord and uh, you know really navigates things professionally and and candidly and in a really just just in a great way. So uh, shout out to Lisa for for keeping the wheels turning. I'm going to second that, Nick. Um, Lisa, you've done a fantastic job. You've been a pleasure to work with. And it has not been easy. We, we can tell. Um, but you're doing you're doing awesome, awesome job there, mate. And we appreciate the fact that you are our um, kind of our kind of in-between person. You are like half collector, half team, even though you you work for them. But you know both sides of it very well. And we appreciate that. So thank you again. We're recording this, right? Somebody, somebody keeping track of this. Uh, you know, next time I need a raise. <laughs> and of course, um, thank you um, to everyone at Record Shop, Obi and Gareth, and, and the rest of the crew, JP, and that, and anyone else I've missed out because I'm sure there's uh, quite a few others who, um, who um, Nate and stuff and who work in the back end that we, that we don't know. But um, thank you for an awesome first year and many more to come. Yeah, thanks for actually bringing that up. Like, huge, huge shout out to all the people that 
collectors don't see that are in our back end at Record Shop. Um, I'm going to list them off, but I'm totally going to forget someone. Wait, I just got to send a list today. You know, says Paula, uh, Nate. I'm actually going to bring up the list because I do not want to forget anyone because we love you all, even though Mia. you don't get any of the glory. <laughs> Mia, Dr. Nick, you don't hear from that guy very often. Byron, yeah, Trinity, uh, JP, Liz, Vanessa, Bevan, Bevan. thank you all. Mm. Bevan, superstar. I think that's Aaron, Chris, yeah. Kristen, the crew at 909. We we yeah. spun out we spun out our creative agency, so it's part of the reason why we're down to fifteen is we spun out everyone that was involved in actually creating collectibles. So they're they're their own agency now called Nine O Nine, and they, they've started doing events. They're bringing down um, one of Anjuna Deep's uh, superstars named Marsh is doing a big show this Saturday. Nine O Nine kind of drove that. Uh, Lara's working over there. Uh, blinds so a lot of the a lot of the creatives that we had at record shop kind of spun out and are doing their own thing now so um they they need recognition and support as well oh uh, one thing that didn't come up in the roadmap uh, and something to look forward to in the next couple of weeks and this way I'll, I'll keep myself accountable um i have uh code implemented to to do rankings uh kind of like the trending on sound xyz where it shows uh, sales rankings and numbers of holders and things like that. And I want to get that into production sometime soon. So you'll be able to see kind of like what's trending uh, in the last seven days, last month, and, and all time. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about rolling out that functionality. It's be a good discovery mechanism and also bragging rights for the artists. Floor is I, think that, I think that's it. Oh, Thanks, just, everyone. Um, just a reminder in in a couple of weeks on September the 1st is Amp NFT's birthday so we're, we're going to have a Twitter spaces as well and you'll all be invited so I'll get in touch with you guys about that but also yeah just keep a lookout for any information on Twitter thank you bit of self-shilling thanks again Phil yeah oh, Finn sorry <laughs> if you guys haven't yet make sure you give uh, Amp NFT a follow definitely alright until next time thanks everyone Cheers, everyone. Lots of love. Hey, fam. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it informative and fun. To learn more about Record Shop, visit us at recordshop.com. That's R-C-R-D-S-H-P dot com. <laughs>